Hello, listeners. We're back at it again. The Purpose Hang Time Podcast. It's me, Leon, and my co-host, Ricky. And yeah, again, we want to say thank you for all the support and all the positive feedback regarding the Accountability Podcast. You guys continue to just push us forward. So we must keep delivering content. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it's because of guys like you that we continue to... And the ladies. And the ladies, yeah. Sorry, I'm not trying to be sexist here. Um, and the ladies as well, uh, that we continue to strive, grow and evolve this. And I think it kind of just motivates us, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I think, yet again, all, all of the experiences that we've had throughout life, they're all here to be used as learning tools. And that's what makes the purpose hang time just so important for us to just continue to strive, push forward and keep shooting that breeze. So, with today's episode based on communication, and why have we decided to do communication this time? Want to elaborate on that? Yeah, let's elaborate. So, I went to an amazing family barbecue two weeks ago. How many, how many people at this barbecue? So, say in between 10 and 15, plenty of aunties, plenty of cousins, yeah. and plenty of just friends. I want to say friends, it's my cousins barbecue we're all invited and what was so beautiful about it was the different mixes of people and how they communicate who communicates effectively who doesn't communicate as effectively when you talk about mixes of people what do you mean by that not just the way how there's so many different people that have different viewpoints on life have experienced so many different things and how that then guides them when it comes to communicating with each other. And then I kind of had a flashback of me signing my divorce petition and reading, me being the respondent with my ex-wife being the petitioner and looking at the number one reason for why our marriage got dissolved. And you know what that was, Ricky? Mm. Communication and the lack of it. So how did we get here? Why did we get here? What happened and why was, why was there lack of communication? What makes it so important to be the main threads that keep relationships, whether it is romantic, whether it's platonic, or whether it's familial, what, you know, what makes it so important? So yet again, listeners, the main, the main reason why we do this is for the education of us all. I like to use my divorce as a learning tool and I think from that, we can now delve in and learn a bit more about communication. So I decided to look up a bit more into this. Yeah. So should I start off with a definition? Yeah, why not? Okay, so Oxford definition of communication, the imparting or exchanging of information by speaking, writing, or another medium. And also being able to pass that information on effectively. But mm. why, to me, information like how many people do you think can communicate effectively like there's no there's no statistics on this but as it's something that we do every day as soon as we wake up we're well i say we sometimes i'm on tiktok sometimes on instagram you know you flick through yeah you know you got to hang with the cool kids nowadays but you flick through that's communication someone puts something online it's information and now it's been received Right? Or we send a WhatsApp to our loved ones in the morning, or we say hello to our mum, or, you know, phone calls, writing, whatever means. But yeah, how many people would you say would be effective when it comes to 
communication. Like, I know your line of work is within sales and yeah. is within you know the yeah. software stuff. So you do you probably do a lot more of it than I do. Being a scientist, can't exactly talk to bacteria, but you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I hope you don't, or at least attempt to talk to bacteria. Uh, I think in terms of my line of work, you know when you've communicated your product or service properly, when they don't ask as many questions, or they decide to go ahead with us, sign on the dotted line. It's how you... I think communication, there's always a bit of sales to it. It's about selling your thoughts, ideas, whether it be to a family member, whether it be to a partner a date um, or even friends is how do i get my point across so that i'll be listened to with that got a question for you Mm. so would you say that requires a degree of openness and vulnerability i know vulnerability is the main thing listeners that we speak about but when it comes to communication would you say to reach the peak levels you need that ultimate vulnerability to be able to communicate properly i think so i think especially in relationships as well uh, and I think being able to be that vulnerable to the other party, it also builds that sense of trust, hmm. developing compassion, empathy for that other party. And I think once you've done that, you've earned the ultimate trust, then you know you've communicated yourself effectively to that other party. Okay. Well, yeah, very well put, very well articulated. So. Listeners, I'm just going to delve into a little bit of research because I was quite intrigued, infused when it came to this. It definitely gave me the impetus to look a bit more into it because I was thinking to myself, okay, upon reflection with the divorce and looking at my friends and everything that myself and Ricky have put towards this podcast, which does also require communication, I decided, you know what, let's look at a little bit of literature. So I'm going to describe a little bit of theory which is mainly derived from a book called Why Am I Afraid to Tell You Who I Am by John Powell. So who was was this John Powell dude? John Powell, the priest, author. And he said, yeah, apparently they, well, anyone can write a book. That's not me belittling the book because I feel that the the intricacies and information that's in this book does, it it allows you to think a little bit Mm. deeper into how we communicate with others. And with this book, it explains how to be more emotionally open and the roles that we play and how we hide ourselves based on a communication level scale. Now, when I think of communication with people, I don't generally put it on a scale. So I thought that the way how John Powell articulates this, now this is a book from the 1969, the way how he articulates and actually puts it in a formal way of how we gauge our social interactions with people is quite brilliant and a good way of thinking about how we communicate. Hmm. So, shall I go a bit further into the actual, the five levels? Yes, let's do it. Of, you know, how we communicate and what's the levels of communication. So, I'm just going to go through the titles for each of the levels. Starting off with level one, cliche communication and cliche, cliche conversation. Number two, reporting facts about each other. It's just this very, very simple thing. We're talking surface level here. Level three, my ideas and judgments. Level four, my feelings, emotions at a gut level. And then number five, peak communication. Yet again, this is relatable when it comes, and I'm always going to put this out there. It's relatable when it comes to your romantic relationships, when it comes to your platonic relationships, 
and when it comes to your familial relationships. So I'm gonna delve in a bit further with level one, the cliche conversation. So this always equals to, how are you? What have you been up to? What's happening with the weather? Very, very shallow. You know what I mean? It's like, why is London so hot? The bus is late again. So these are the sort of conversations that you have when you know, you're jumping on a bus, you're jumping on the train, or someone steps on your foot, or you, know, you see that nice lady, but you don't want to go into too much detail. Like, I'm not speaking for myself, but you know, it's one of those things. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if I were to kind of, because I don't have like a story like you're going to delve into with your divorce, mm-hmm. but for some of the listeners that do know me, I actually, a few years ago, was addicted to online dating. And all those five points you've mentioned, I can definitely relate to my experiences with them. Like, for example, level one, cliche conversations. Hmm. When you match with someone, whether it be on Bumble, Tinder, Hinge, Happen, OkCupid. Yeah, I know. I've been through all of them. So you're a right Tinderella, I see. Yeah, right Tinderella. I know, I know it's a, a cliche thing to say, no pun intended, but yeah. Yeah, okay. mean, when you first match with someone you'll start off with a cliche conversation hi how are you what you been up to what brought you on here hmm. i mean you could go for like a a, a more a, a less, more cheesy a less, opening yeah, line or, or you know stock phrase yeah, yeah or, or you know like one of those stock phrases you giggle in what's the best opening line for a tinder or a bumble we could try some of that but then they still kind of cliche um hmm. in, in that aspect mm-hmm. see i don't know about this life ladies and gents because I'm, I'm the relationship guy so <laughs> it's always every relationship will start off at this cliche conversation point but then it's also very interesting to see how which pathway you go from that and how far you can go up the communication levels so level two reporting facts about each other so this is just as simple as okay so how's work works good how many brothers and sisters do you have? You know, there's nothing... It's, it's not really open to the soul. It's more the, the... It's still surface level. Yes, it's a bit more intimate, but you're still not really giving out too much about what's going on in your life. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of like, a, a, again, a paint-by-numbers question. You're just doing it because it's part of the routine, it's part of the process, but you're not really feeling it or putting too much emotional meaning into it. So would you say it's a bit forced? So like within sales, would you say that there's a lot of, you know, just, okay, you're saying these certain things to get the deal done? Or like, how when it comes to your clients, do you delve any further in? Or is it literally just stay right there? Well, the thing is, I don't think I'm a sleazy salmon, or I hope, I hope I'm not. <laughs> but, uh, I hope not either. I you think know? It's, it's not what you say, but it's also the way you kind of deliver it. Mm, so tone tonality as well is very important Mm -hmm. and the thing is you it's very easy to kind of put some emotion into your tonality when I ask a question it's hard to explain but I kind of feel it from in here like I know when I ask a question that I I, you know it has a certain meaning to it and I want them to be able to detect or or sense that you know I genuinely want to find out a bit more about them whether it be a bit more about the business the current challenges what can we do to help solve it for them? So I think tonality is very, very important. It's not being like, um, being very blase and be like, yeah, so uh, 
tell, 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 me, tell me more about yourself. It's like, tell me more about yourself, you know? And I like to use all these hand gestures to kind of convey my message. Mm-hmm. So it's, the, it's the, also the non-verbal communication that's also in there. So you're, whether it's a okay, Skype meetings or Teams meetings, yeah. okay, fair enough, a lot of that is lost because yeah. you're not actually in the room with someone, but I get what you're saying. And just going back a bit more to the dating side of yeah. things, like when it comes to your Tinders, your Bumbles, how many of the communicate, how many of the people that you link up with, and when I say link up, not get your man out of the gutter, we're not talking that Yeah, I was about to say, where you going with this link up? In terms of the people that you match with, right. see, yeah, again, I said I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not associated with this, this life. Does it get to level two? Like, would you say it's a few? Yeah, I mean, it, it can do. It can do. Um, but I think to get to level two is when you actually start meeting face-to-face. Okay. Level one's all about virtual communication, whether it be by on still on the dating apps or you move over to WhatsApp or you do a quick call. Yeah. When you get to level two, ideally, that's when you kind of want to have your first face-to-face meeting with them. Mm-hmm. So you can actually judge the non-verbal cues, right? Yeah. So they're sitting right in front of you. You can actually see whether it be playing with their hair or whether it be, you know, um, adjusting their uh, their shirt or, or their dress. You can see if they're willing or accepting that, that communication with you. Okay, fair enough. Hmm. So level three, my ideas and judgments. So... I'm going to, this, when it comes to this, I think the perfect example is how we run the podcast. Because when it comes to that, ideas, judgment, is being a bit more open to those things. So let's say, for example, I want the next episode to be on cooperation. And Ricky states that that's maybe not a good idea. It's the next level up of being a bit more vulnerable, a bit more honest. And then obviously it's up to me to decide whether, whether his reasonings behind it is good or not as great so yeah so the ideas and judgments level yeah again we're opening up a bit more yeah it's kind of, mm-hmm. kind of bouncing off each other right yes and that's opening that you know level of dialogue a, a bit more um, again going back to the whole kind of dating scene this is when I would normally say maybe you've been on two or three dates now mm-hmm. you, you're starting to see each other more you're starting to become a bit more comfortable with each other so ideas maybe hey um, I want to go to the park or let's not do that let's go to the cinema hmm. you know you're bouncing ideas off each other and you're not afraid to make judgment or say yeah I don't want to go to the park I mean I'm tired that seemed like a bad idea hmm. or I don't want to go to cinema I can't really talk to you again that doesn't seem like the greatest idea in the world but you're allowing yourself with the other person to kind of Express show, your judgment yeah. to each other. And I guess show a bit more character as well. Exactly. Yeah, because at the exactly. end of the day, you need to be able to see that person's character and then be able to move on to the next level. Now, yeah, again, what I'm going to do, I'm going to turn back a bit later on when I want to get through the levels first and then we can discuss, you know, where certain things sit. So level four, my feelings, the emotions at a gut level. And essentially, when I say at a gut level, it's being able to say, I feel sad today, for example. Like, if I say to Ricky right now, I feel sad today on the basis of, you know, it's the anniversary of something or it's the anniversary of something failing. Or yeah. I just never, I just didn't have a good day today because yeah. Yeah. 
so many things were going wrong. Yeah. So the next level of vulnerability still not peak, but it is the next level to be able to state that and accept judgment where it is or just for someone to listen. Because at the end of the day, we all want to be heard with little judgment. And then the fifth level is that peak communication. And this is the level that most people aspire to and some people do not reach. But then we have to also remember that it is when it comes to these communication levels, it's quite transient. So at this level, it's where you have a deep and authentic relationship. And that's where you can be completely open with all your thoughts, mm. all your ideas. You will take, well, whether you see it as criticism or not, you might do, but it's, it's an optimum experience. You feel completely open. There's increased trust. You feel intimate with the person. I want to say intimate as in close. And it's a feeling where you feel that the experience with someone is at its ultimate level. Yeah. I think that's kind of the end goal for people that yeah. do go on online dating or just dating in general. You want to get to that place, as you said, where you ultimately feel 100% comfortable, vulnerable, and trusting that person 100%. Hmm. I mean, could you really put a figure or number on that on, on how many couples really attain or get to that stage? I think many couples may reach level four or level five. So being open with their gut feelings or reaching that optimum, I can say whatever I like, obviously not to affect your partner, but say what I'm really feeling on the inside and feel safe and feel heard. Two very, very important things to state. So when it gets to that level, there's also, I'm just going to take it back to marriage just very, very briefly in divorce. When it comes to marriage, the idea is when you're in that marriage, you reach that peak communication. Society dictates marriage to be this amazing thing. It's the pinnacle of your relationship. Now, I'm not saying it's not. But there's a lot of work involved to keep it at that pinnacle. Mm. So what you're saying, it's harder to maintain than to attain that. Yes, exactly. So with that, I will refer back now to my divorce. Because going back to what I stated regarding the petition, the number one thing on there was the lack of communication. And I remember seeing this in the petition back in June, May last year. I'm thinking to myself, well, I communicate well with my friends. Mm. I communicate well with, well, Ricky, you can obviously, you know, you can... No, I can attest I can attest But it's like, I can attest you know, yeah, no, I communicate well with my friends yeah. and I communicate well with my family. So how has it gone so bad within mm. this relationship? And that's the thing. You may reach, and I definitely will stay during the relationship... Probably not during the marriage, but during the relationship, we definitely reached level five. However, the work that was required to be put in and the understanding of both parties to be that 100% vulnerable wasn't there to maintain that level five. So by the time we got to the idea of divorce floating in both people's heads, and yes, I'll be accountable to state that it was with me as well as with her, this is where we started going down the levels. This is where we couldn't maintain that level five, possibly couldn't maintain that level 
four of being open with our emotions, we became guarded. Let's refer back to the four horsemen, criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Each four points have a link with communication. But as soon as you have these external factors coming in, Mm. then you start to fall down the communication levels. And I think the important thing from here as well is that both parties have to put the 100% effort and time in. Yes. Do you feel with your ex-wife that you were doing, you putting 100% effort and time into it and she wasn't willing to do that? I reckon it probably wasn't that. I probably think it was two different communication languages Mm. and two different people at two different stages of openness. But do you also feel that your your end goal wasn't aligned? I think with communication, to really have effective communication, both parties would have to have the same end goal. Yes. Where do we want this conversation to go into? Mm-hmm. Does it lead to the fact that we both decided we want to save this? Or one party wants to save it, the other party wants to leave it? I definitely agree. I think that it's one of those things where you both have to be on the same page. And conflict resolution is first and foremost the most important part when it comes to a marriage, when it comes to a long-term relationship, when it comes to friendships, when it comes to family. Because without that conflict resolution, without that openness, how can you trust? So how do you maintain that peak communication How do you maintain, so we're talking the level five, how do you maintain your feelings and emotions of being open with it? You don't. And then you kind of stumble back into that level three Mm. and level two, Mm. which I believe most of the world are stuck in. Yeah. The surface level. Now, obviously, when it comes to opening up, not everyone likes to open up because they feel fear of criticism, fear of judgment. I know when it came to my ex-wife, yeah, again, I'm talking on both sides here. And as I said, I know there's the pitchfork brigade, calm down. We don't, we don't want any pitchforks thrown here. It's a, it's a good conversation. I think it's good for us to discuss both sides. Yeah. And I reckon when it came to the defensiveness, um, not liking to be criticized or judged, that's what put up that stone wall. That's mm. where... That's where you can't open up when you have these things in place. Mm. So, yeah, again, listeners, as I've said before, when it comes to divorce, don't wish it on my worst enemies. Not that I have enemies, but you get the idea. But communication is so important when it comes to relationships. But just like with the analogy, as you stated in one of the earlier podcasts, whether that was men, I think it was the men's health one, actually, where we were talking about the ship and being able to exactly along, exactly navigate, being able to sail exactly yeah? being able to navigate you yeah. can't navigate with someone else if you're not on the same page as them yeah and if you can't communicate which is why i believe these five levels of communication are so important to look at divulge in mm. and explain and talk about discuss mm. Mm. Hmm. so here's a question for you where would you say we are in terms of the five levels of communication? Us as friends? Yeah, us as friends. Okay, without sounding a bit too big-headed here, I'll probably <laughs> say 
Level five. Well, yeah, because and the reason why I say that is because we're open. I think when it comes to the the real hardcore discussions, we don't run away from it. No, and and the thing is, we've kind of been hundred percent vulnerable with each other. Mm-hmm. You've come to me in your kind of darkest moments. I've done the same to you. Um, we are not afraid to. We're not afraid to be open. judgment onto each exactly. other. Exactly, and we're very direct. So the packaging of all these attributes lead to you know how we can have such a great friendship, a great platonic relationship where we can get things done and we are on the same page when it comes to running the podcast or when it comes to our influences within our lives. So with that, ladies and gents, I've gone through, or myself and Ricky have gone through the five levels of communication. Where do you, where do you feel that you sit when it comes to communication with your loved ones, whether that's romantic, whether that's platonic or family? Like, are you more familiar with that cliche conversation just reporting facts or are you a lot more towards the optimum peak communication side where you feel that you can open up regarding your feelings? Yeah, I mean, we, we love to hear your guys' thoughts, answers and opinions. Um, we will share our Instagram details uh, towards the end of the podcast. But Leon, if you want to take it away onto the next part. Yeah, so with that, we all want to increase the trust within our relationships. We all want to be better when it comes to conflict resolution. And we all want to increase our intimacy regarding how close we are with our loved ones. So here are a few ways that you can improve your communication levels and keep it more to the level five and the level four. Because level five, yes, it's obtainable, but it's very hard to keep it at that level five. However, we can always try our best to maintain. So... Ask those open-ended questions. When your other half comes in, if you live with your other half, ask them how is your day? Yes, but what is the best part of your day? Or, you know, you were missed. Is there other things that we can, you know, what, what else is going on? What have you read today? What yeah. have you, you know, like, what? be more insightful when it comes to that communication. And I think it's the case of, instead of asking, you know, or... Did you? Um, it's about you know asking what, how, and why. As you said, keep those questions yep. open ended. It allows them the chance to come into the conversation, allow them to communicate with you. So, totally agree with that first point. Yep, and not everyone finds it easy, which then leads me on to the next point, which is conversations are a two way street. So, literally reinforcing what Ricky has just said encourage be that peaceful space where that person can be vulnerable can be open and can talk about whatever is necessary next point explain what is needed communication isn't always easy not at all we i like to see like as humans we are technically a bunch of chemicals we're volatile we go through moods it is how it is yeah but If you were to explain what is needed in a nice, simple fashion or explain what is going on with you, you lead, that puts you in that communication of level four and can push you more towards that level five. Once you can communicate with your partner what is going on and then lead up to that solution. 
We all like to be listened, we all like to be heard, and we all like to be understood. Yeah, and it's been about being direct and, and know what you want from this um, conversation. Where do you want this to go? I think the next point, pick up on non-verbal cues. And I think that's a lost art, actually. So if you ask your partner, my day was great, or my day was fine, but there's something in the tonality of their voice. Mm. It, 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 they sound irritated, upset, or angry. So they may have some other feelings that are kind of bubbling on the surface, but they're not ready to share that with you mm-hmm. or communicate with, with you. So it's not about what you say, it's about how you say them. The tone which we communicate with someone or mm-hmm. the attitude, sometimes it says a lot more than just words, right? Yes. I mean, I think most humans are, well, I hope most humans are, <laughs> um, kind of a, can sense that from mm-hmm. another being. Um, they do say the most amount of communication, and I'm, I believe there have been studies on this, is normally from the non-verbal. How someone reacts in a specific situation normally gives you the keys to kind of figuring out, okay, maybe they're thinking this, or maybe they're thinking that. Yet again, don't suggest that they're thinking that, but just keep an eye and be aware. Yeah, and I think, um, sorry to keep relating this back to dating, but I think typically one of the non-verbal cues if someone really likes you, I mean, me as a guy talking to a girl, they play around with their hair. Apparently, the science behind that means they're really into you. And that happens when it comes to dating and that happens when you're actually in a relationship as well. The playful nature. But yes, going a bit further back as well, when we state verbal cue, like the keeping an eye on those verbal cues, at the same time, don't try to read someone's mind. Because yeah. at the end of the day, an assumption essentially is making us an arse out of you and me. Wait until that person is ready so you can discuss and everyone has their own levels of uh, time and transition time to be able to talk about something. Because these are all essentially combined with the antidotes to the four horsemen as well. Which, yeah, again, I'll post the resources regarding this. So ultimately, ladies and gents, communication is a skill. And just like with anything, just like when it comes to learning how to ride a bike or learning how to swim or any other skill, it has to be practiced for you to reach to that certain level. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I think the most important part of communication is actually listening. Yes. And there's this old cliche, this old saying, I'm pretty sure most of you've heard it before. There's a reason why we have two ears and one mouth. Mm-hmm. The point is to actually double the amount of time we listen compared to double the amount of time we talk. Yes. Good quote. And I think being an effective communicator is about how you listen to the other person, the other party. And I'm not just saying, you know, do act, like, don't do active listening there, guys and girls. will be like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because essentially that is stone warning and that's why yeah. that's one of our four horsemen. Exactly. I mean, we don't the, want that. The most important part of listening is essentially do nothing. Don't react to anything until they finish. And give that solid, active 
focus. Exactly. You're holding basically space for the other person. Now, if it if it does get to a point where you know they're communicating with you, they get too emotional. Let them be emotional. Let them release it. Don't say anything. Or if you are to say something, I would like to give you some time for you to be with yourself, with your thoughts and feelings, and I'll be ready to listen to you or talk to you when you are ready. Exactly. So those are our points, guys and girls. When it comes to our communication podcast, we had a lot of fun with this. I would like to leave with a good quote from Tony Gaskins, a life coach who is on YouTube, runs his own podcast. And that quote is, communication to a relationship is like oxygen is to life. Without it, it dies. Sounds morbid, but it is very, very true. And before we go, guys, like I said, um, we like to get your thoughts, opinions on this episode. So please feel free to follow us on Instagram, Purpose Hang Time, all one word. Or you can actually follow us and send us a direct message on our personal Instagrams. So mine is uh, Kung Fu uh, underscore Panda. So I'll just spell that out for you. K-U-N-G-F-U underscore P-A-N-G-D-A. And Leon. And then myself, LRM Visions self-explanatory it will be posted on our actual podcast channel on spotify apple music apple podcasts and various other entities so thank you ladies and gents for listening and we're back with the next podcast fairly soon